Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talking Knicks. We've got some exciting times in Knicks world. I'm here with my good friend Tom Piccolo. Tom, let's talk Knicks. All right, Tom, before we get into the been a minute since we've we've had our weekly sunday pod i think it's been three weeks and three weeks ago big baby david ran it solo so it's been a minute since we've had you on i've ran a couple recently about the the trade deadline about mills exit exiting so how have you been i haven't seen you in a month hi greg uh it, it has been a long time it's been a long time since i've been on the podcast since i've really I haven't been watching a ton of Knicks until this week. I, I got back on the bandwagon, but um, I don't know. It's, it's been busy. I haven't even been doing my midweek pods as much either. Uh, I was in Miami for Super Bowl, so that was fun, uh, but, but kept me too busy to be able to really watch much basketball. And um, I don't know. Like This weekend was just kind of – kind of boring for me. I had like a very adult weekend. I went to the DMV and spent like a whole morning there. That sounds it, fun. It, it's even like everyone prepares you how bad the DMV is going to be and your prior experiences prepare you for how bad the DMV is going to be, but you're never really ready. It was it was terrible. I What did you get done there? I was trying to register my car in Connecticut mm. and I need a verified driver's license cuz I didn't bring enough like mail with my new address on it, so Basically, I, I showed up again and just didn't have the right stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not leaving here until you tell me what I need. And, and we just kind of worked on that together. But um, So you have to go I'll, back. I'll be back. And maybe I'll talk about that on the next podcast. Um, yeah, this will be a, a DMV podcast. It, I don't know, man. And I don't, if we get Jake on here, I know he had his own adventures in the Colorado DMV. <laughs> I think it took him like three or four tries just to get his license renewed. It, it's never easy. It's never easy. But uh, I was actually listening to your guys' podcast while I was at the DMV um, from the trade deadline. So that was that was some interesting stuff. And, yeah, I'm down to, to get back into it. How have you been, though, Greg? What's up? What's new with you? I'm good. I mean, I think the people already know. I've potted twice in the last week, so not, not much has changed in the last day or so. I went to a baptism today. I'm big on the baptism scene. You could catch me there every weekend. Uh, are you, are you, are you a godfather here, or what's the... I am. I am. Me and Kenny are co-godfathers. So, that was fun. That is fun, you know. Um, you know, my brother hasn't formally asked me to be the godfather. I don't know what that's about. Do you have a formal baptism? No. Is that what that takes? That's okay. That's probably why. See, you go to these every week. I'm still catching up. Yeah. I'm on the, I'm on the scene, as I said. <laughs> All right. Enough about me. Let's talk about the Knicks. The Knicks, I, I mean, a lot has happened since our last Sunday pod. We haven't talked really about the uh, the actual bas- product on the basketball court in a minute. Um, we've had some highs and lows. I think the low point of the season, and there's been a lot. Maybe for me, we just, when we lost the Hornets and the just got destroyed by the Grizzlies, and it just like, was the worst experience. Like The Hornets looked like the worst team ever. And the Knicks were somehow worse than that. I don't know. And then we just got absolutely destroyed by the Grizzlies. But that doesn't matter because we followed that up with a four-game winning streak. We got our hopes back up for the playoffs. Not not really. But, I mean, you, you can check the playoff standings and say, eh, 
five games back of the Magic, and we just beat the Magic. I know there's three or four teams in between us that we would all have to to jump those. But let's just dream. When you start four and eighteen, you'll you'll take any hope you can get. So there's a four game winning streak. I'll check who we beat: the Pacers, Cavaliers, uh, Magic, and Pistons. And we lost tonight against the Hawks in double overtime. I mean, you could say we probably should have won in over, overtime, but we also probably should have lost in regulation. So, for what's worth, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I have no strong feelings about tonight's game. I would have preferred to have won. Yeah, I, but, I feel strongly know. about that. I would have preferred to have won, but yeah, I guess I do. That's my only strong. Thought. But Greg, that four-game winning streak was was pretty legit. Like those were three of those four games were on the road. Um, I don't know, like. I guess I don't know if you want to go through each of the games individually like we tend to do on these Sunday pods or if you just want to talk about it in general. Um, but I'm like I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts because the first couple I didn't even catch. Like who's been playing well during this winning streak? Like why, why have the Knicks actually been winning? It's been a, it's been a mix of everything. Uh, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. started play, performing like a basketball player. Uh, recently, Wayne Ellington in the last three games has done well. After, As soon as the trade deadline passed, he decided that he was good again, which is nice of him. We appreciate it, Is Wayne. that nice of him? I feel like that's the opposite of nice of him, I, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you think he just like really likes it in New York and he didn't want to get traded? He's like, I'm going to just <laughs> play terribly for the yeah. first two-thirds of the season and then uh, – I don't. I don't get it. But like, but like, play well enough to. Is he on a team option for next year? Yeah. So actually, that theory of him liking it in New York is starting to add up a little bit. So maybe it's just the law of averages, because you know he's he's like a a decent three point shooter in his career. So when you're just really bad for that amount of time, eventually you just have to be really good to make it even out. So that could we could be seeing math in action. Yeah, I wish math would have uh, given us a little bit of a break, maybe gotten us back some assets for Wayne Ellington. But, you know, math doesn't always have the Knicks' best interest at heart. Wow. Sorry, the uh, Jazz-Houston game just had an insane ending. Bogdanovich hit a crazy three at the buzzer. Um, so you guys can all watch that on Sports Center, And, you know, if you don't, Want to wait for Sports Center? I guess you could just Twitter search Bogdanovich and it'll show up. But well, back back to the Knicks. Sorry, I got sidetracked watching this basketball game. It was it was very crazy. It's okay, I'm sidetracked by the Oscars over here. All right, so Pacers game. Pacers were just bad. That's a big part of it. Knicks defense has been better of late. Knicks held the Pacers to 11 points in the first quarter and 14 points in the fourth quarter. That's 25 total. Which, if you held a team to 25 and a quarter these days, that's pretty good. <laughs> but they did it for two quarters total. And the first and the fourth, which are two of the most important quarters. Yeah, I'd put them right up there towards the top. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Morris, um, our boy, led the way, led the charge in that one, 28 points. Um, yeah, Julius Marcus Reynolds. Morris was still on the team at the beginning of this win streak. That's funny. Yep, yep. So, for what it's worth, we'll, we'll remember that. Uh, Randall had 16 and 18, which is pretty good. I mean, no, no one else was shining on this team in this box score. 
This was a while ago, so I remember. Dotson was, has been playing well also. That's one thing I forgot. He's been really hot from three. Um, Julius Randle has not been really hot from three. I know at one point last game or the game before, Clyde or the other announcer said that he had missed his one for his last 18 three-pointers or missed his last 18 and then he made one, so he's one for 19. Tough. Yeah, not so good. Um, yeah, I'm just going through this Pacers box score myself. I'm seeing Kadeem Allen had 21 minutes. Alfred Payton didn't play. Was that an injury thing? I, I'm forgetting. Uh, yes, I, I believe so. Suspended by league because he tried to he tackled a person. Oh, was it in the Grizzlies? Jay, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Yeah, I remember that now. We could backtrack and talk about that. What did you think of that? I mean, I I didn't have like strong feelings either way. I kind of I tend to just wish that the Knicks played with that kind of fire like on the court to like have cared enough to not let the Grizzlies blow them out. But uh but Jay Crowder what did he do again? He like stole the ball or they tried to t- I I forget. Yeah, so I think they were winning by like 7 or 8 with 50 seconds left. And the Knicks just like lazily inbounded it and he stole the inbounds pass and then he dribbled to the three-point line. And then he just shot a three and Alfred Payton just tackled him. Yeah, it's it's poor etiquette to do that, but at the same time, like, it doesn't matter if you let let him do that. Like it was, I don't know. They they had played so poorly <laughs> leading into that that it's just like I don't know. Play with more fire and passion throughout the game and kind of. But by the end, when the, when the game's decided, I, I don't care what you do. Yeah, um, I was on Peyton's side more, most probably because he's on our team. I'm assuming if I was a Grizzlies fan, I would not be on Peyton's side. They'd be like, why would you tackle a person? He's just playing basketball. <laughs> but I'm I'm a Knicks fan, so I'll say, go Knicks. Or so they weren't winning by eight. They were winning by like 18. Right. Yeah, you said eight. I was like, no, it was definitely a blowout at that point. That's yeah. why it was kind of, it was kind Sorry. of embarrassing. Yes, it was more than eight points. So that's that was the issue. All right, moving on. Cavs game. Morris again, 26 points, our best player. Peyton returns, 17, 11, and 15. Triple double. Very good triple double. Dennis Smith Jr., 15 points off the bench. Portis knocks both 12 points. Julius Randle, 20 points. This is a well rounded effort against a very bad team. And the Knicks won in overtime. Yeah, the Cavaliers are terrible. I, I did watch this one. I do remember thinking Kevin Love looked really good, though. Um, I mean, you say that all the time, though. You're a Kevin Love guy. No, I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about on the court, though. Like he, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, he I is. He is handsome, but uh, <laughs> that's not. That's not what I'm saying to you. Oh, you always loved Kevin Love's game. I I, I always love it. It, it. I don't know. I don't want him on the on the Knicks. Like <laughs> I don't love him that much. Like, but. I mean, th- 33 points, 13 boards, six assists, one turnover. Like, he definitely played a, a strong game. He he was tough to stop inside and out. But, uh, I mean, they, they lost, so who cares? Like, the the Knicks pulled it out. Again, you, you already said Marcus Morris led the way. But um, there were a bunch of guys who, who contributed in this one. Dennis Smith Jr., this was like his first game back where he looked legit again. Um, he looked aggressive and confident. He had four steals. He was kind of all over the place on defense, uh, getting a lot of deflections too. So 
Um, th- that was super encouraging. I'd like to see that. I'm sure we'll get into to minutes distribution. I would say that this Cavaliers game was kind of closer to what we'd like. Granted, Mitchell Robinson only played just under 15 minutes, so that's not really the the level we want to see. But like Kevin Knox at, at 17 and a half, Frank at tw- oh, 23, uh, Dennis Smith got got 20 because he was playing well, and and that's kind of the a, a distribution that you can live with. You know, if, if you saw Mitch getting closer to like 2025, then, then that's because because we're going to get into it, I'm sure. But like that's been a huge discussion point on Nick's Twitter and um, among the fan base in general, just how the how Coach Miller seems to be favoring the veterans, playing the veterans more minutes. And it has led to, you know, better basketball. But at the same time, is that coming at the expense of, of young players development? And uh, and is it really meaningful to have the veterans playing all these minutes so i'm i'm really curious to hear your thoughts on it but i feel like this game it it's sort of like was a rebuttal to that the 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 minutes disbursement is that word the minutes how the minutes were how the minutes were dispersed distribution is what i would use distribution was uh i think disbursement is also a word that works but i'm I'm just telling you what i would use (laughs) it was more in line with kind of what i think the fan base is looking for yeah, and another part of this is Marcus Morris was playing in this game, so that'll have an effect on this distribution. And just a reminder, he was the closer in this game. He hit the go-ahead basket with one minute, hit another jumper with 13 seconds left, hit two free throws to lock it down with 7.6 seconds left. So then we just we moved on to the post-Marcus Morris era. We made a trade. We talked about that trade on our last podcast. Um Maybe I'll give you a chance to say, what did you think of the trade for Marcus Morris? Marcus Morris for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and some guy from Ukraine. Yeah, so I know on the podcast, like a lot of a lot of you guys were saying that you'd gotten your hopes up because of Shams' various tweets about it and the and the assets coming back. Um, I wasn't like following his tweets that closely, so I, I don't know. I didn't have a, that expectation that I think a lot of you guys did. Frankly, I was I was happy. I, I was happy with the first round pick coming back. Like that was kind of the baseline. We wanted Morris to go and, and a first round pick to to come back. After the trade happened, like some of the reports that like the Knicks turned down various young players, I thought that was a little unsettling. Uh, I I don't know how true. Those, some of those tweets where I know Mark Berman had a couple tweets about what the was it what the Lakers were willing to offer or yeah he's, he, some people have been talking about Danny Green and Kuzma were for grabs I don't it just doesn't seem believable yeah I think th- there have been some some more legitimate reports um, about some some young guys who are possibly available for the Knicks that they that they didn't want to take a flyer on because oh it was because they didn't want to cut any guys like they they didn't want to um, to buy out any players, they didn't want to waste that money. Do you remember that report coming out? Yeah, yeah. Berman said that about uh, they didn't want to take on the two Florida State guys from the Clippers. Yep, that's right. Um, so if if that's true, that's disappointing. Just because I, I think that there's at least some potential there. Granted, not not a great deal, but at least some potential in in those young guys. Um, and and the sort of the the stinginess and not being willing to to shell out to to buy out some of these guys on the the roster who 
probably don't warrant, warrant minutes down the stretch of the season. But at the end of the day, like in a vacuum, I thought this return was, for Morris specifically was fine. Would have liked to see some other moves made, as you guys mentioned. But in general, I think we're all kind of aligned on that. Perfect. Now that we've we've gotten your take on the Morris trade, let's move on to the post-Marcus Morris era. We beat our uh, the eighth seed in the East currently, the Orlando Magic. This was a game. Um, the Knicks were losing by 10 in the fourth quarter. That's another thing these Knicks have been doing. They've been fighting back in these last three games against the Clip or the Magic, the Pistons, and the Hawks tonight. So losing by 10, another team effort leading the way. Um, let's click on the box score. I know Vucevic kind of dominated us. He had 25, but we held everyone in check. I think uh, mostly Terrence Ross lost his game for the other team, shooting for three for 13, one for eight from three. Held him to 10 points. He's been good all year. Um, but, you know, Taj Gibson, again, just – it's weird when you see him just be really good. He scores 19 on 9 and 3. It's not 9 for 13. And he's the guy that you're like, I don't know why – these minutes should be going somewhere else, definitely, with Taj Gibson. But he just does a good job. He's just a professional. He's a professional basketball player, and he just does his job. I don't know. Yeah, this, so I, I mean, will say this is a game that I, I was not able to watch, but just, just going through this box score, Taj's line definitely jumps out. It seems like Julius Randle has been pretty has been very consistent night after night with his 22 points, 8 boards, 4 assists um, on 10 of 16 shooting. That, that's really strong. He only attempted 1-3, which you have to appreciate when he's been shooting as poorly as he has been lately. Um, Alfred Payton, another guy, he had – 15 points, 9 assists, 7 steals. That's super impressive. Um, and and this is one where I, I think going back to the minute distribution thing, like you would like to see Frank get more than 13 and a half minutes generally. Um, yeah. He started at he, least. He, he well, that seemed like it was going to be a good thing, and then he only played that amount of time. Well, especially in a, in a game where it looks like Dennis Smith Jr. got – he got more minutes than Frank. playing. He played just over 15 minutes, and he didn't seem to be able I, – again, I didn't get a chance to watch, but it didn't really look like he had it going. Uh, he was 0-4 from the field. He had he had five boards, six assists, which is great, but he had four turnovers to those six assists um, and was minus six on the game and, and plus minus. So I don't – again, maybe you could tell me otherwise just from what I'm seeing here. It doesn't look like his play really warranted – more minutes than Frank. Uh, I mean, the, I mean the problem with that is that he only played 15 minutes as well, which isn't a lot of time, either. You know? Yeah, that's true. I, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I think his defense was better than it has been in the past in this game. It's not saying much, but I think it was actually like NBA defense, I would call it. So I mean, he 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 kind of deserved it. But again, this is we're talking about 15 minutes against 14 minutes. I mean, the minutes we really should be complaining about are Ellington playing 18 minutes, you know, Peyton going for 33 minutes, still Bullock going for 30. Those are where the the real minutes should be coming down, trickle-down economics, I think. Yeah, I I took some econ classes, and and I didn't understand it. Um, But the way you put it, that makes sense. Uh, There are kind of separate conversations about whether the, the veterans are getting too many minutes or whether, like, whether Miller is enforcing some accountability. Like, 
are the are the veterans getting all these minutes because they're flat out playing better than the young guys? And if that's the case, then like, do they deserve those minutes? And like, the young guys should have to earn them. Is is that kind of what's going on here in your eyes? I think so. You you, you do. I you mean, think the veterans have just I've, flat out outplayed the young guys? It's it's, I mean. Yes and no. There's some young guys, obviously, like Kevin Knox has been outplayed by everybody on the team. Frank is just so wildly inconsistent. Like, you want to see him out there, but then you just have no idea what you're going to get. I mean, Peyton has also – Peyton's been mostly good recently, so that's probably a big part of the point guard minutes. Uh, he's He's been the leader – He's been the the steady force of this basketball team. I wouldn't say the leader. I think Randall has been the leader of this team. I mean, it's also only been three games since the actual leader of this team left, so it's hard to say. Yeah, but in general, I agree with you that, like, I mean, Peyton has been the best point guard on the team, and that's actually why I've I've really liked Frank playing off-ball. He's been able to sneak some minutes in at shooting guard, and it does kind of hurt the team's spacing because Peyton can't shoot. Frank isn't greatly respected on the perimeter. And then you're always playing with like a traditional center like a Taj Gibson or Mitchell Robinson. So you already have three guys. And then and then Julius Randle is getting a ton of minutes, obviously, because he's the best player on the team. So like when Frank is at the two, he, he does some good stuff like off ball. He makes nice cuts. He's a good secondary playmaker. But there's just so little shooting on the court that it makes it tough. Like it, it makes it so that you need like a Bobby Portis at center just for some modicum of shooting in the front court. And uh, I don't know. Bobby Portis is another guy that like Knicks fans are screaming to not play. So it, I mean, I don't envy Miller's job here. Like he is, a, he is a tough one, but like, I get, it, there's a, it, there's a lot of people who are okay. There's a lot of people that should play. I think that's what the Knicks' problem is. They have too many okay players. They've Randall's the best player. Then everyone else is like, Randall's. I would you say that Julius Randall, and even maybe not even Julius Randall, is the only person who could start on pretty much every other team in the league? Yeah, I, I would right? say I would say probably not even Julius Randall. Um, yeah. Just because his style of play is so ball dominant that it it's, it could be a tough fit, um, but but like none of these other guys, Bullock would be a good like role shooting guard on a lot of the team sure. starter, but none of these other guys. It's it's all just a bunch of sixth men. The Knicks just have eleven sixth men on their team, which is an interesting way to build a basketball team. Marcus Morris obviously could be a starter on any team, but now he's not on our team. Yeah, so it is important to note, actually, in this Orlando game, was uh, it was R.J. Barrett's first game back from injury, right? This was his first one coming back. Um, and he, yep. he played pretty well, right? Like, he was 3-6 uh, of six from the field, finished with 12 points, 3 assists, 3 boards in, in 18 minutes. Like, that's that's all good. He's only 5-9 and nine from the free throw line. If he would have made, made a few more of those free throws, like, his line would look even better. But I think you had to be happy with how he looked coming back. And I think that was a huge part of, of my angst these last couple of weeks is just the combination of Miller playing all these vets and, you know, grant, granted the Knicks had looked a little more competitive, but it just didn't really, 
outweigh the fact that like the young guys weren't getting minutes. And with R.J. Barrett not available, I was just losing so much interest in this team. And now that he's back, like he's he pretty much is guaranteed to get like 20-plus minutes per game just because I feel like Miller likes him a lot and he's aggressive and he does some little things and he fills a need on this team. So um, now that Barrett's back, like I could definitely see this, this minutes allocation sort of um, moving back towards the young guys a little bit. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but, you I mean, we never know. We're about to – another thing is – well, maybe we'll get into it. Uh, or we could just get into it now. Wayne Ellington has been playing recently. He may be a buyout candidate. It seems to be up to him whether or not he wants to, to leave from an article I read by Berman again. Um, so the Knicks I don't think would be opposed. Well, they wouldn't stand in his way. Yeah, he's not needed here, clearly. So we'll see if he if he wants to leave or not. I, I think. I mean, he's been shooting the heck out of the ball recently, and like part of me wants to keep him. It's it's a struggle because you want his minutes going elsewhere. You want Damian Dotson mm-hmm. to be playing some shooting guard minutes. You want Barrett to be playing plenty of shooting guard minutes. Frank has been playing off ball at the shooting guard as well, and he can, he's capable of guarding opposing twos, so that can work. But Ellington's the guy who makes shots and stretches the floor and like makes the defense respect him. So that tends to open things up for other guys on the Knicks, like like your Julius Randles rumbling to the rim or Mitchell Robinson rolling. Um, so like I, I I like kind of what Ellington has brought to the table these last few games, but he's also eating into minutes of important young players. So I, I don't really know how to reconcile those things. Yeah, it's pretty much impossible and that's why you just have to get rid of him and then the decision's made <laughs> pretty much that's the only way to do it i think i wouldn't it's not like i'd be upset that we traded wayne ellington he was so bad for so long um it's just i don't know if a team actually wants to sign him to make a playoff run i'd be kind of bummed because it would feel like a missed opportunity I mean, but also one another point I brought up is that the Knicks just signed everybody to too much money in order to make them take one-year deals with team options. So that's been a big part of their their troubles with these trades at the deadline. It's true because like a lot of playoff teams don't have bad salary at that level. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a good team. (laughs) Exactly, Uh, and you don't have you definitely don't have eight million dollars to trade for. Wayne Ellington making $8 million, which is a big <laughs> problem for the Knicks. I mean, you'll take Wayne Ellington for the minimum. You won't take it for $8 million. Yeah, that's a lesson learned for the, yeah. Knicks, for the Knicks front office, for the next front office. All right, so let's move on. There's a couple games left this week. The Pistons against the Knicks. This is another Knicks comeback win. Knicks were down seven in the fourth quarter. Grinded it back. One by three. Julius Randle led the way with 17. Ellington also had 17 off the bench. He's been hot. This is a very low-scoring game for for the NBA these days, 95-92. Neither team breaks 100. Um, score was just very low after three quarters. I'm trying to figure out what it was. One yeah, second. no, I remember thinking after three quarters, it was like... 67-67. That's... You that's like that at halftime these days. that's like '90s playoff basketball. Like that is ridiculously low, and I I don't think it was because of great defense. 
I don't think so either. I think the the Pistons were out without Derrick Rose. Blake Griffin's been out a long time, and they had just traded Andre Drummond. So they were without their two best players, and they traded their other best player. So Reggie Jackson was running running the team. He scored 20. But, I mean, other than that, a lot of these people you didn't even know who they are. Christian Wood apparently has been having a very good season. The Celtics tried to trade for him. The Pistons weren't having any of it. So he looks good. He's a big man. He's been versatile. Hit a crazy three over Mitchell Robinson at the end of the game, which made it very worrisome. We thought the Pistons might come back, but they didn't. Yeah, that was a ridiculous three. Um, yeah, there, it, he seemed like a David Nwaba candidate. And then J- John Henson was another one who <laughs> I think it was all – was it the second quarter? I forget when it was, but he just, like, made six shots in a row. And Bobby Portis just had no answers. He Like, Bobby Portis turned John Henson into Hakeem Olajuwon. It was insane. Um and he, I think he had all six of his points, like, or all six of his made field goal attempts, all twelve of his points, in the same quarter, <laughs> and just all against Bobby Portis. And then when Portis came out, they're like, "All right, let's take Henson out too." Um, but on the Knicks side, I mean, there was some, there was some good stuff there too. Uh, let's see. I mean, you mentioned how balanced the scoring was. Like Wayne Ellington again, like we mentioned, was hitting his threes. Julius Randle did his thing. I mean, the other thing is, if you look at this box score of just the Knicks without seeing the Pistons, this team lost. This team lost a basketball game. Yeah, yeah. that's. This is not. That's, I'm looking at this. I'm just like, how, I watched this game, and, and there's still no explanation for this. Like, I, honestly, Bobby Portis started making his shots, but good lord, this is this is rough. Like, you know what else was bad? Like, their free throw shooting was really bad in this one too. Eleven to seventeen. And it seemed like it was going to cost them at certain moments. Um, ultimately, it didn't. And there wasn't, like, a single guy. It was just, like, nobody was really hitting their free throws. Um, All right, you know what? I'm looking at this box score, and you know where we won this game. Is it? Oh, it was on the offensive Offensive glass. rebounds. Just absolutely destroyed them, 16-3. to three. I think at the, toward the end of the game, I think there was one where we just got two offensive rebounds. It may have been three. It honestly might have been. Like, it, it, it was yeah. a lot. I remember that, like, extended the – the shot clock every yeah, time. The, I think that was with a minute left. That was we took a shot, got the rebound, brought it back out, took another shot, brought the rebound, and then P- Randall finally scored. Elbowed uh, Thonmaker in the face and made a layup. Yeah, so and they counted it. So I'm looking. The free throws attempted are about the same for each team. So the field goals attempted. The Pistons took 69 f- field goal attempts. The Knicks took 85. <laughs> That I mean, you're gonna win the game when you take that many more shots. You'd think you'd win by more than three, sure. but we'll live sure, with yeah, it. Sure, yeah, you'd think so, but but yeah, Randall did come up big at the end here with just like a shot that looked terrible. Like I I groaned when he took it. I was like, God, what are you doing? And and he tends to do this a lot. Julius Randall does. Like he he's pretty maddening to watch. I think like he just. He does a lot of the jump passes, which we've talked about, and he just sort of flings the ball at the hoop sometimes, and it tends to go in. And, like, he just, like, keeps getting away with what I think is bad basketball, and it just keeps being good or good enough. It, it's it's really bizarre. I, I kind of want to write about it and try, and wrap, try yeah. and wrap my head around it, but he just does so much, like, sloppy stuff. 
and he'll bobble the ball and juggle it around and then just like jump in the air and, and ultimately find somebody. And you're like, is that luck or is that skill? Like what, what was that? Yeah. Like, do you think he meant to bank that in? I, he just like, I think he must he just, have like, muscled his way. He's like, I'm going to put this up towards the basket and like, <laughs> and good on him to be able to have the strength and like dexterity to do it. But it, it still didn't, it didn't make it a good shot, you know, like it, it, it could have been a disastrous shot, but, uh, but he made it, it could have, it could have easily been an offensive foul to be honest. Like he did, he did hit Thon Maker right in the, in the chops there, but yeah. Um, you know what? He just like keeps, keeps getting away with it. And, uh, good for him like he's he's playing pretty well he's he's a big reason why the knicks went on that four game win streak and uh i I don't know i'm gonna need to to put my thoughts down on paper because i have a hard time articulating what this what the julius randall experience is like because way too many times i like i will just audibly groan at something he does and it ends up being good and i'm just like i i guess okay well, I think that leads us perfectly into this next game. I think this is a little bit of an extreme example. He goes 35 for 35 and 18 in double overtime with six turnovers, which is, you know, I guess they went into double overtime, so. But it did feel like more all of, it, all of those stats are inflated. It felt like more than six turnovers, but Yeah. Yeah, like several times to end games he insisted on being like the lead ball handler bringing the ball up the court and like initiating the offense to end the ga- to end regulation to end overtime and I was just like I was saying to my wife while I was on the couch and she was like studying at the kitchen counter I was like he won't pass the ball like give it up to Alfred Payton I, I, d- I couldn't believe that he t- twice in a row he wanted to be the one to like initiate the offense it's fine if he wants to be the one taking the last shot but he's not the guy who can like set the table and, and get a good look for anyone else. Like Alfred Payton should be the one with the ball in his hands and he should be creating for Julius Randle. Um, in, instead, like Julius Randle's going up against these set defenses, trying to go off the dribble. And he usually just like spins and, and stumbles his way into a bad shot. It's like not a good way to, to run the offense, but then other times it is. So uh, it's, it's, it's maddening. That's what I said. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, and there was a point in the fourth quarter when Frank was in front point, and Randall was just bringing the ball up the court himself, as he do, as he does. But you know, this game was another Knicks experience. The same Knicks, the recent Knicks that have been fighting back late. I think they're losing by 15 in the fourth quarter. Um, they came back, tied it. Frank and Ellington were kind of leading the way a little bit. Uh, they both, there was a stretch where they both had six points when the Knicks were really making that push to tie it in the fourth. Then Peyton came in, helped finish the comeback. Knicks going into overtime. Knicks take an eight-point lead in overtime with the ball. Peyton's got the ball going on fast break, two-on-two fast break, as much as if you could even call that a fast break at that point. I, I don't know. I guess it was it was definitely transition. But he like tried to like dunk it or something. I don't know. I just saw him throw the ball off the front of the rim. You saw correctly. Then, that is what he did. Yeah. <laughs> and Trey Young just came back pretty quickly and got two points. So instead of eating a little bit of clock, the Hawks came back and they scored two points a little faster than we would have liked them to. Um, 
Then they slowly just chipped away. We think we were up by eight with like two-ish minutes left, somewhere in there. I mean, overtime's not that long to begin with, so the Im- there was the amount of time it takes to take to score eight points and the amount of time it takes to give up eight points. It was pretty much exactly how overtime was put <laughs> up. So. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they went up, they scored, they outscored Atlanta 10-2 to two to open up the first overtime, and I was so sure it was over at that point. I was like – I mean, it should have been. Yeah, in oh God, that was that was a, it's a tough loss. Um, I mean, in in general though, like this game, Reggie Bullock was was hot to start, and and Clyde a few times was like, why isn't Reggie Bullock back in the game? Like he he was so on fire in the first to open the game, and then he kind of sat for a while, but he ended the game with thirty seven minutes, so he couldn't have sat for that long. Um, I mean, that, you, that's adding in the 10 minutes for overtime. Right, right, for both so over, yeah. We'll call them 27 yeah. minutes originally, um, which is pretty good It still. is good, yeah. Um, and, and I will say that, like, Mitchell Robinson down the stretch was was pretty dominant. Like, he defensively, he had that awesome play um, where I think – did he just catch a lob from Trey Young oh, to yeah. Deadman? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean that was huge. He he had a couple like steals and blocks and, and chase chase yeah. down rebounds. Like he finished the game with eleven boards, fifteen points. Like uh, Clyde commented on how nice his hands were, and he was he was like he was catching everything. He was tipping the ball to himself. He was doing a lot of little things too. I love the way Robinson played in this game, and he got thirty five minutes in this one, which was which was so nice to see. I mean, uh, his minutes weren't being taken by like Bobby Portis. Or Taj, who only got fifteen minutes, sixteen minutes in this one. Um, yeah. And to add on to his defense, he had that like kind of strip of Trey Young in I think overtime or double overtime mm-hmm. where they just called a foul, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And then he had the the steal against uh, whoever it was, the big man underneath when the Hawks called called timeout. Mitchell Robinson stole the ball and the Hawks called timeout and the ref said, "Okay, you got it." Yeah, they they granted the Hawks a timeout despite not having possession of the ball, which was which was yeah. deeply unfortunate. That was especially that was when the Knicks were losing by one. Robinson stole the ball and made a layup, so they would have been up by one. But instead, the Hawks got a timeout, came down, hit a three, then Trey Young hit another three. We're losing by seven. Tough break. Yeah, that was not the way you want to see that one go, but. Uh, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't blame the two three-pointers on the, the timeout call, but you could blame us not getting two points. And I it. will. Yeah, as, as you should. <laughs> um, I know Peyton was actually a little shaky in this one down the stretch, I thought. like I, I, It seemed like he kind of really lost his, his cool. He He was complaining after every call. Some of them warranted. Some of them was just like, man, just play your game. Like, you're, I, I thought that he was – just not very uh, you know he was good in regulation i think for the most part but then maybe he just got tired this was on the second night of a back-to-back we should say both on the road um so that that's tough like that's a tough position for him to be in julius randall playing 46 minutes on the second night of a back-to-back that's ridiculous but back to peyton like i didn't think he was playing well well enough and i i really wanted to see frank getting some more minutes i thought he could have deed up I want to say you could have deed up Trey Young a little better, but Trey Young just kept drawing these ticky tack fouls on Frank, 
I mean, really on, on uh-huh. Peyton too. It's not like it was just Frank, but but it happened on Frank too a couple of times, like it, twice in a row. It's like, man, I mean, Trey Young's getting superstar calls, but at the same time, like you got to know that's what he's trying to do. Like, stop. Tr- Frank has the length where he can like play off him a little bit, especially if he's coming from behind. Like, he can pursue from from behind and and still be able to get a good contest or even block his shot because he has that length. He doesn't need to be, like, right in the body of Trey Young coming around these screens. Um, so hopefully he learns from that. But I don't know. I would yeah. like to see more Frank down the stretch. That's the point of that. Yeah, and Frank was, as I mentioned, he was helping lead the charge at the end of the fourth quarter before Peyton came in. But then Peyton came in and finished off the charge. But one thing about One thing that's funny about overtime lineups is that you don't see a lot of subs in overtime. I mean, it's only five-minute period, so if you make a sub, you're pretty much just saying that you made the wrong choice to begin with, kinda. <laughs> Unless someone fouls out, I don't. I don't think we saw many substitutions. A little offense, defense with Frank. Uh, other than that, Deadman fouled out, and then the Hawks made a sub. I really, I really don't know that any other substitutions were made. I know that eventually Alfred Payton fouled out. But I mean, also to to talk about Alfred Payton, it looked like he just didn't want to take jump shots. They were like kind of giving him like a free throw line jump shot for oh yeah a while, and he didn't want him during like some crucial then, possessions too, and, and like yeah. foregoing those wide open twelve footers like led to turnovers and led to some really ugly possessions too. So it, led to uh, shot clock violations. There was also a possession where. Reggie Bullock had an open three, and then that ended in a shot clock violation, which was sad. Uh, but more importantly, back to Alfred Payton. The three, Tom. The Knicks were losing by three with 30 seconds left. You really didn't need to shoot a three. Obviously, you'd like to, but you could go for two. Uh, Ellington kind of actually did get open at one he point. He did. Payton completely missed him. And I think he was like two – he just wasn't – he was like right to his right, like three feet away. He was like he's too, close. too close. To yeah, him. I thought that too. Too close and like kind of behind him. I don't know, but he was definitely. He was helped. in Peyton's blind spot, no doubt. But like the crowd all saw. But him. also, I mean, it's a blind spot, but you could see the other three players. So that means the fourth players. Also, just know where your best three-point shooter is. Don't make yeah. <laughs> like don't have a blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they were looking. Obviously, they were looking for Ellington and Bullock, so he definitely knew that he was. That's there. the thing. Yeah, that he had two uh. options of like of good three point shooters, and he just decided to dribble to his left and pull pull one up, and uh, it, it never really had a chance. And I think as soon as it left his fingertips, we all knew watching that that it didn't have a chance. Yeah, we all said that was Alfred Payton shooting that. What if you were going to shoot it, Alfred? Why didn't you go for two? Because we didn't need three. We could still foul. There's 30 seconds left. And then the Knicks kind of took their time fouling. But, it's like, but Peyton, like, you didn't want to shoot those wide-open 12-footers down the stretch of regulation in the first overtime. <laughs> like, those were great shots. But you wanted to pull. You wanted to be the hero and pull on this one? Like, it, yeah. just, it didn't add up. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I guess, he just felt like he had to take it. A lot of time when you're losing by three with under a minute left uh, even if there there is a lot of time it's still less than a minute so it's not enough time so you you panic and you get you end up with Alfred Payton shooting threes that's what happens 
And then that leads to a loss. Sad. End of the four-game winning streak. Playoff hopes over. All good things come to an end. It was fun while it lasted. I, uh, I had fun. I mean, obviously, I don't think we really thought the Knicks were going to make the playoffs, but it was fun to, like, think about thinking it. I uh, I, I didn't really. You probably did. I, I know you did. I didn't think about thinking it, even for a moment, but uh, I still like winning basketball games. I still like watching the Knicks win basketball games. So, like, that's fun. I, I don't really think – what there has to be a playoff implication? Uh, it, I don't need that to enjoy the Knicks winning. Like I, I can just enjoy them winning because Mitchell Robinson we looks really good, and like other little things too. Like, or because we watch them lose so much. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm pretty numb to that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what makes the winning good, though. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, sunshine and the rain. There's a metaphor there. I don't know what it is, but yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Well, I'll say I do. Um, I don't know if you want to do a couple quick awards. Maybe we could do i uh, I'll just do mine. Thanks for coming. Marcus Morris, best player for the season. It was a pleasure to watch. He uh, was crazy sometimes. He was, like, a very, very good at basketball. He, like, hit a lot of jumpers, hit a lot of threes. It was very pretty smooth, and he was just, like, a – a legitimate best player on the bat in on the team, and just like, all right, give the ball to Marcus Morris to close this one out. I mean, we have only won seventeen times, so <laughs> we weren't we weren't saying that a ton. Yeah. But when we were, that's what we were saying. Yeah, that's a good award. I mean, you could you could you could say your thanks to him and call it the same award. I didn't tell we were doing. Well, awards. I was actually going to do just a Sunday thing. I actually wanted to call call my award the thanks for going. Award and this goes to Marcus Morris too because he's coming. He's bringing us back a first round pick. Like that's that's a big deal. That's something we haven't gotten <laughs> in a long time in a trade. It was something that was our goal at the beginning of the season to like try and justify our signings. We're like we gotta get a first round pick. The Knicks were getting hammered for not taking on bad salary and like uh, in return for first round picks in the off season. So it's like the fact that they're able to turn Marcus Morris's productive season into a first round pick. It's a big deal. So, so th- thanks for coming. Thanks for going too. Exactly. And a first round pick and the Pistons second round pick next year, which Pistons just traded Drummond. I mean, maybe Blake Griffin comes back and Blake Griffin's actually like pretty good, but he's been injured throughout his career. So we'll see. I mean, I wish Blake a healthy season. I like Blake a lot, but I hope he has a healthy season with the Pistons are bad, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see the value in that pick. Obviously, second-round picks are always lottery picks. Isaiah Thomas picked 60th, very last pick of the of the second round. One Not year. actually lottery picks, but I, I know what you mean. Well, lottery tickets. That's what I meant. Uh, that's about it. Nick's upcoming schedule. I guess we could make a quick prediction. I'll read it to you. What's coming up this week? The Wizards, we're bad. At home. And the Pacers, only two games this week. That's nice. I'm happy to hear that. This is this All-Star week. Oh, this is oh, All-Star right. weekend. So it's, just so w- it's only the Wizards game. Just one game. game. Yeah, you're right. 
All right. That, so that I makes mean, me even happier. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want the win or the loss? I'll let you pick. Um, the Knicks. I mean, it's a prediction. It's not about what I want. Like I'm telling you, the Knicks will beat the Wizards at home at MSG on on right. Wednesday. So that means I had to say zero and one. Yeah, but I'm saying one and zero for the week. Well, I respect your your prediction. Prediction. I know. At one point, the we played the Wizards without their seven best players, and we lost to them. <laughs> but we didn't have Marcus Morris that game. They also. We also don't have Marcus Morris anymore at all. So, but this is a different Knicks team. This is a team that's won four of their last five. They're hungry. They're executing well. They're playing really good defense. I mean, I think, I think this is a whole different yeah. look, and th- they'll be at home. Um, yep, that's and fair. They'll be wa- Could have easily won. Well rested too. They don't get, like this is their. They just played back to back games, but they don't play another one until Wednesday. So that's th- they'll be well rested. They'll be home. They'll be comfortable, and and I think they're going to pull this one out. All right. Good. Hope to hear it. Uh, I'll switch mine to one and zero as well. <laughs> I I I just have to root for the Knicks. I have to make this prediction. Wizards games are always fun because the Wizards don't play any defense at all, so the, they track have high scoring high scoring affairs. So oh, yeah. if if you like the Knicks, you may want to tune into this one. And then if they start losing by a lot, you can just turn it off. It's that easy. All right. Well, I think we did it. Yeah. Do you have any last thoughts? No, I think I think we really nailed this one. Nailed it. It was a, a a great comeback to the Sunday pod. We'll be back soon. I mean, follow us on social media at Talking Knicks. Tom just went during our hiatus. He went over a thousand followers on on Twitter. You want to celebrate that here? It's Tom? a big day for me. I'm I, big I'm, day. I'm creeping at eleven hundred now. Wow, that's that's big time. So follow Tom on Twitter at Tom underscore Piccolo. Is that right? It's funny because you don't see underscores except in Twitter names, really. I know. I, it was tough. There was nowhere else for me to go, though. My Twitter name has an underscore as well, the real underscore GP. You don't have to follow me. I just wanted to tell you that I have an underscore in it. Underscores are in. <laughs> underscores are in on Twitter for some reason. All right. Well, follow us at Talk Next. Leave a five-star review. Marco, we're going to get you a shirt. So... Thanks for listening. Go Knicks.